The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome everybody to the KyberCast. This is episode number 69, recorded October 22nd, 2020. I'm one half of the team. My name is Joe Becker, and with me as always is my great friend, Oh, I'm Michael Diaz. I'm sorry. I was I got upgraded to great friend. Yeah, I felt good today. Again, like last. Well, about that today, <laughs> about our friendship today. You know, this is episode sixty nine, and even though I'm forty seven years old, I wanted to make some very teenage adolescent joke about that. I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I almost wanted- titled the podcast "Don't Go There," but that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't. I yeah. apparently I'm still a twelve year old boy. We all are. We all are. Um, real quick, I just want to give a, a, a shout out to my son, Sam, um, to, who I love very much. He uh, tested positive for COVID today and I, I obviously we're worried and he's doing okay. Um, but I know he listens to the podcast because he's a good boy. And uh, Aww, that's so nice. and I just want to, I just, you know, thinking about him. So if my if I seem a little bit out of it during this podcast, it's because uh, we found out today. And, um, so my head's just, you know, not in the perfect spot, but we will go on because all he can do is sit in his room right now. And, and luckily, you know, Hey, the good thing is like the doctor called him again and the nurse called him tonight and they're keeping track of him. I'm keeping track of him. Um, so I feel grateful that, uh, I feel grateful that I have, we have what we have and he has healthcare and not everybody does in this world. And, um, you know. We'll leave it at that. We're not going to get political on this particular night, but um, I'm just thinking about him. That's all. Yeah. Best so wishes to Sam. Hopefully he pulls through it okay. I mean, luckily yeah. he has youth on his side, so. That's right. And he's in good shape. He was a swimmer. Um, all right. Let's jump right into the uh, little bit of news bits here. So you've got some uh, flash news, huh? Yeah. So not – not huge news, but you know everyone has been freaking out that you know Ben Affleck's coming back to play Batman. Uh, there's some rumors that they're trying to get uh, Christian Bale to come back and play Batman, and this all kind of kicked off when Michael Keaton it was announced that he was coming back to play Batman. And then Keaton said, "Just well, did years, he announce it, or or was it announced?" Sorry, it was speculation, and it was pretty much okay. You know, there was talks, and I think people took it as you know. Bible, not Bible, is you know, as law, and basically his camp came back and said, you know, um, it's not confirmed yet. We're still in talks, so I don't know right. if it's a ploy to get more money or what. But basically, it was a little bit of a hold your horses. So everyone wants it, but is Keaton actually going to come back as Batman? That has not been sealed yet. Oh, I would bet it will happen. The money will be thrown around, though. They'll, they'll get it done. If that's what they want the story to be, they'll get it done. Exactly. So, so not too interesting. Yeah. You know, it, it's also, I think it's a way that these movies stay in people's mind that care, you know, like they're just, they throw these things out where, um, just to keep it in the news, to keep you thinking about the film, you know, there could be nothing going on. This could be, this is all routine, you know? And they just do these things for press releases and to get people to stay, you know, keep listening, keep listening kind of thing. Yep. yep. Nah, just my, just my two cents there. I but I hope, I hope it's he signs up. bad press, right? Right. I, I hope that works out. It sounds like the flash, I think they're really going to bank a lot in this film about setting the resetting the universe, obviously. A soft reboot because we all know, Yeah. we know Robert Pattinson's going to be the Batman soon and, he may not start in the in this universe with everyone else, but whatever happens in Flashpoint, or right. they assume, it's going to bring him in. I mean, they're they're obviously not going to get rid of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. She's fantastic, and that movie yeah. made all the money. So, and who knows about Aquaman? Who knows about 
Henry Cavill, I think, is a great Superman, regardless of the films. Oh, I think he's a fantastic Superman as well. But I th- I would not have a problem with him staying as Superman. I think that would make sense. Um, I, want, I want Aquaman to stay. I mean, we've gone back and forth. I've teased you about yeah, the yeah. love of Aquaman. But Jason Momoa was fantastic. I really liked that movie. And yeah. I... I'm all ready for a number two, so yeah, keep them. And uh, once you see Justice League when it comes out on HBO Max, because you're waiting, I, I'm interested to see your Ben Affleck because he's really not that bad either. To be no. honest. Oh, and that reminds me, another news bit just came out. I think in the last 24 hours. Yeah, that Jared Leto is coming back to film scenes as the Joker. Oh, I did hear that. I saw that uh, pop up on my phone uh, either yesterday or sometime this morning. So. So. I know HBO threw, or Warner Brothers technically, threw, I thought originally, right. like $35 million to Zack Snyder to recut it. And now I've heard yeah. it ballooned up to $70 million. And they're shooting stuff. Yeah, they, they are going to shoot some now stuff. Now they're going to shoot there's, there's, exactly. What's, what's going on? And they're shooting, uh, Henry Cavill's coming back for a couple shots too, because he doesn't have a mustache now. <laughs> are you legit or is that just a really good joke i know i am legit i'm 100 percent legit <laughs> yeah that's funny <laughs> i don't know if that's why they're shooting it because he doesn't have a mustache that was the problem last time because you know you can tell you um, know i saw a meme online that basically said first you're a superhero then you're sherlock and it showed robert downey and benedict mm-hmm. cumberbatch and then yep obviously Henry Cavill. Right. Yeah. Cause he's doing, I haven't seen that new, that show by the way on Netflix. Um, he's not the actual star of it. It's, it's the, well, he's the no. star of it, but it's not the focus of it as a better, better. Not word. at all. He's, he's definitely his, a bit part, but it's his niece. No, who is it? Uh, his, his sister. Sister. Okay. That's awesome. And, yes. He played Sherlock Holmes. So it was and Billy, Billy Brown. Billy. Uh, what's her name? From Stranger Things. Oh, I know you're talking about uh, Billy. Oh my God, I, I knew her name a second ago. But yes. Brown. Right? Yes, something blah blah blah. Brown. <laughs> We're a great. This is a a geek podcast, and we don't even know the Stranger Things lead. Well, I knew the name until you said something. Millie so, Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. That's I, I went Billy. to go look it up and popped into my head, so I didn't. Even there you go. As far as the Prevagen's working. Hypercast <laughs> brought to you by Prevagen. No, we're not. <laughs> we are not. We don't have sponsors. Who would sponsor? No, this? no one. No one in their right mind. Maybe Geico okay. is where a car wreck. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. There's a talk from not talk, but there's a release from Star Wars today of getting to know some of the High Republic Padawans. They've. A, if you go to StarWars.com, you can check out. The High Republic meet the Padawans. And there's a Wookiee. What do you think of that? Buryaga. Buryaga. I don't know how to say his name. I never know how to say Wookiee names. It's probably like something like that, I would think. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty <laughs> I wouldn't even try to do a Wookiee sound. That was pretty good. Um you know, I people like to freak out and maybe it's maybe some of the younger people, but I remember when I was in college when they were doing all those Star Wars legends, when they're legends now, but they were doing a bunch of Star Wars books about the new Jedi Academy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And I remember there was Wookiee, uh, at least one Wookiee Jedi there. Wasn't his name like Hybaka or something? Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me. I think it's cool. I mean, listen, uh, I mean, he's a Padawan. They all got their little, if you look at the thing, they've got their ponytail, the little thing on it. Everyone knows. Little braid. Uh, even the Wookiee. Yeah, I was just wondering which piece of hair they had to take. Like, oh, this is the Padawan hair. Like, you know, he's all hair. Um, <laughs> but this is what books are for. The books are supposed to stretch these worlds. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, I think people are just going to be a little, you know, don't hold this stuff so tight, you know. Have fun. Enjoy these things. That broadens the world. It doesn't mean it's going to be in the films. And none of this could be a film. This could all be a disaster. I don't know. I'm looking forward to books and good stories. And, and that'll be that. Yeah, I'm okay with that because you know the books and the comics, special effects are a lot cheaper, right? Mm-hmm. On your imagination or on on the drawn page, I mean, right? So having a Wookiee uh, Padawan, 
makes sense. You don't have to do it in the film or on the show, but maybe they will. Who knows? By the uh, way, sorry, speaking of books, and it popped into my head, and I don't mean to cut you off. Another book was released, I think, yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, and that is Ready Player Two. So I'm thinking, could that be our- I thought it didn't come out until November. I I thought it was released. Um, It said I could buy it right now, but could that be our November book club since nobody has read it? Ever? Oh, it's still pre-ordered. Oh, yeah, November 24th. I got a book saying that's what it was. I can pre-order it. I got another pre-order. $14.99 for my Kindle. Damn, Um, sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. I was going to say, I didn't think it came out yet, so that's fine. Um, If I can get a copy. It's going to be in December. Yes. If I can get a copy, I will definitely. I think that should be. Well, It'd have to start off mid-December, yeah, because of Dune. Yeah, yeah. But you tell us, listeners, if you're interested and can get a copy. Uh, I'm totally for reading Ready Player Two as our next book. That'd be fun. Only because it's something that it won't be out there yet, you know? Kind of a right. first, first run. I okay, did, sorry. I, that was a side I have already reserved it from the library. It doesn't mean I'll get a copy. Right. I'm just going to buy it. I can't justify that kind of price for a digital book because I'm that Dutch. Um, I don't mind paying people for that if, if Ernest gets some money. You know, that's fine. I have no. I I own the first book, but I did not pay fourteen ninety nine for it. Right. I paid for it. I I bought it legit from Amazon, but I think I paid like two three bucks. Right. Anyway, yes. I'm 100% down for reading that book as our second, if that's what the public wants. Oh, <laughs> well, give them what they want. Are you not entertained? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And one more piece of Star Wars news. We had a Mando special look that was given to us. I believe it was Monday Night Football. That's when it came out. And it's kind of funny. I think they, you know, what else could they call this? They couldn't really call it a preview, right? Because it's it wasn't. Right anything really new and you don't want to say check out the star wars commercial so it's like we'll call it special look but that's what it was it was a star wars commercial for mandalorian it was it was nothing wrong with that no i mean did you pick out anything in there that that kind of i don't know stuck out that stood out to you at all nothing really new just um well, the only thing that really kind of sticks out is that what was her name? Um, Gina Carano. What did she play? Who's her character again? I know you remember all the names better than I do. Uh, uh, I want to say Kanan, but it's not. It's uh, Dune. Something Dune. Dune. Cara Dune. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> I've noticed that her, or not her, but she, is in every single trailer and sneak peek we've looked at. And I, I'm just wondering if her role is much more defined or much larger this season, or if it's all just how it looks in the various you know trailers and looks and what we've seen. It seems right. like she's in it more often. Maybe. I think it might be just for one of those. I think, you know, this is, I think this particular preview or look was for the casual fan, the, the, the regular fan, like we, the people that didn't go looking for this pre, pre uh, preview. Right. And people that just watch TV. And I think it's more of a reassurance that like, here's your favorite characters coming back together. So you, you see, you know, Grief Karga and, and um, Cara Dune and, and the Mandalorian, you know, Mando comes back to Navarro, I think is the planet and um, says, hey, I got to help bring this, find this baby's family, which they already knew that. So that's some weird cut there. It's like, why would he tell them again? They kind of know the stories. I don't think there was actual words that were there. I think it was one of those preview, those things they do in previews, you know, where they just kind of overdub different words to that scene to not give things up. But I think that's really what that, that was. It's just like, here's, here's your, your, your friends, the band's back together. Come watch season two. I take, I take it back. There was something that did jump out at me. Oh, now that you mention it. Mm Mm-hmm. There was a quick, no more than a half second, second shot at most of legs. And I swore 
Because, you know. You think um, it's Boba Fett's? Yes. Well, maybe not Boba Fett's, but it looks like his legs. Now, that doesn't mean it's Boba Fett. It could be that, you know, that sheriff that Timothy Oliphant is playing that has Boba Fett's uniform. It could be that. Right. So, but I saw that, and I'm. You don't think you don't think it's the Mandalorian's legs? You think it's Boba Fett's? I know what I you're talking about. I think it's Boba about. Fett's, just because something about it. If I remember correctly, with the action figure, one of his legs at the knee joint, their their knee joints are different. Right, and this that, one had that. He had the little bombs, or whatever, at the bottom by the boot. Yes, yes, which we have not seen on the Mandalorian. But no, we, but I, I yeah, but, but the way that's cut together. It looks like he's in the same spot of walking up to to them, but we'll you know you know it could be one of those funny cuts, right? But I again, Disney doesn't do anything by accident, so I think they put that there to at least stoke the fires for anyone who caught it. So for that sure. is something I noticed. Totally agree. Always stoke the fires. Um, keep them going. Keep them going. So there you go. That's that's what this week's news. Really hasn't. I mean, I'm sure there's more out there. We kind of missed. It. It's been a crazy week, but um, the stuff that matters, anyways. We're only two people. We can only do so much, Joe. I know this is a this is a hobby. This is, a, <laughs> you know, that is one thing. I've you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and you know, podcasts have come. They're so different now than when I started listening to them. Before it was just a lot of people that were doing what we do, just a couple idiots. Um, now everything is so polished. Like everything is backed by a, a corporation or a conglomerate and they've got every star has a, their own podcast now. And it's really kind of, I don't know. It's not that it's killing it for me. It's just, it's, I think it's hurting. I won't say hurting. It's making people like us have a little bit more of a challenge of getting seen, you know, I can in see that, that, you know, they're, because these podcatchers, they want to bring they want you to start paying for this stuff eventually. They want it to be like Netflix down the road. I guarantee you, you're not going to pay Joe Rogan. You know, Spotify doesn't want to pay Joe Rogan all that money to give it out for free. Right. Right. Um, I think there'll still be an avenue for people like us to get our things out there, but we just won't, we, we will be constantly fighting this network effect as I call it because you've got podcast networks and now it's no it's turning into radio and that's not what podcasting was it was being able to do what you want when you want say what you want when you want and, and get it to everybody that wants it right. and now it's just full of it's just full of um and one of my favorite ones is is uh smartless it's a new podcast with Jason oh, Bateman yeah. and so good yeah it's great, you know, because they're already stars. Though. Like that's easy, like not easy, but it's it's they're going to get listeners very quickly. Um, they've earned it. They've done. They've built careers. That's I'm not saying that. It's just that you know they're going to be promoted by podcast catchers way quicker than this dumb show will. You know, I hear you. I hear you because it's all about ad dollars, and we don't have ads. And even if we did, we don't have a big enough audience for someone to pay for ads. No. I get it. I get it. But that's okay. But there's still, I mean, yes, the bigger podcasts and the huge celebrities are always going to get top billing. But for now, little guys like you and me, we can be idiots and talk about what we want to talk about. And we do have an audience. It's small, but it's good. Right. Right. It's great. Not just good. It's great. Exactly. And hopefully, I don't know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll hit some kind of stride soon. We're doing pretty well. Not crazy, but doing well. I, I'm checking right now. Again, it goes, kind of goes back to that thing. Um, will we be seen? And again, we're still not being shown on Amazon. And I plugged that a couple weeks or a week or so ago. So not there yet. All right. Geeks this week. Michael, you spent some money. I did. I think I mentioned last week. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the, I'm thrifty, but I spend a, a lot of money on stupid shit. Which, so literally today I got a Amazon Fire HD 10 in the mail mm-hmm. with a badass. Oh, you got it in the mail? You didn't just buy it today. You got it in the mail today. That's yes. even better. I bought it last week during uh, Prime Day. Oh, uh, that's right. You did say that. Actually, I technically 
they put it on sale the night before Prime Day, and that's when I ordered it. But I was in no hurry to get it, and also because I'm Dutch, I said delay the order so I get a dollar credit, right? <laughs> right. Did you did you buy the ad supported version? I did because yeah. there's ways to take the ads off without paying for eh. it. I never mind. You know what? I'll be honest. I have like my Kindle ad never ever bothers me. It's just a, it's just a awake screen. Right. Never, I, it, it doesn't intrude anywhere else. I have no problem um, seeing what book I might like because they send me stuff that's related to me. Right. So it's well, fine. Sometimes it's stuff. Yeah, I haven't taken it off my Kindle, and uh, I don't know yet if I'm going to take it off this. I did. I've already tweaked it a little bit where I, I changed the launcher so it's not the Amazon launcher. And I, of course, loaded on Google Play so I can put, you know, real Do you side you sideloaded Google Play on it? Not sideloaded. I didn't have to sideload it. There's a there's a whole toolkit from the XDA uh, developer's website where you can do It's called the Fire Toolkit. You download it and... Really? It's super easy. That makes it... It's super that makes easy. it a little more compelling right there. Now we're getting into a tech podcast. This is fine. But because uh, that was always one of the things that bothered me. It's like, you know what? I can't get, it's running in it. It's, it's forked Android. I'm not sure where they jack it up, but it's still the same kernel. I don't know if they're running. What's the kernel though? Is it like three Androids down? No, it's one back. I believe it's on it's Android always, nine, I think. Oh, that's not bad. Right. So, I mean, there are still some people out there with cell phones running Android nine. 10 just came out. Most of them are. Most of them are. Anyway. Right. I think it's only one version back. Don't quote me on that. This is not a tech blog or uh, podcast. No, but I mean, you want to put like Firefox or Chrome on it because that Silk browser is horrendous. Right. So yes, all that to say, uh, I can send you the link. It's super easy. If I can do it, you can do it. You literally download their executable, install it. You hook it. You hook your uh, Fire HD up with a USB-C cable and when it opens up, it goes, what do you want to do? You want to change the launcher? Done. That's cool. You want, and the first thing you do, obviously, is load you know, Google Play services. You do that. You wait 10 minutes, and you sign in, and you're good. Wow. Interesting. Well, maybe so, I'll get one just because of that. We'll see at come Christmas time what happens. So the whole point I bought this, <laughs> I don't need this. It's, it was no. you know, an impulse buy. But right. I have an older tablet, uh, a Samsung galaxy note whatever 2014 i loved it paid over 300 dollars for it it was great in fact i think it's still thinner than this one i still have it It still works but obviously it's six years old it's a bit slower i'm having trouble loading apps on it anymore and i wanted to use it as just a dedicated comic book reader and I'm, yeah it'd be great for that right well that's what i wanted to do with my older tablet but i'm just having problems yeah. with that, so i whatever but i'm like for 80 bucks i'll use this to be just a media thing i'm gonna load yeah. Over 200 Black Panther comics on here because I got those when they were on sale this uh, summer. So I'm going to use it for reading digital comics and consuming content when I'm not in front of a TV. So for 80 bucks. Yeah, and that's a good size. Yeah. It's a great size for comic. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If if color e-ink is other, ever available in a decent size, I think that would be preferable because it would look more like paper. But we're not there yet. So right. this will work for that. So my geek this week is I bought myself a Fire HD 10 to put comics on it and watch geek stuff. I see the Star Wars Classic Edition tablet case. Yep, see? With Yoda on the front, Vader on the back there. See? You're tempted now, aren't you? Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. That's $50, 40, $45. I see the one you got. That's pretty cool. Yep, I got the Millennium Falcon with the uh, new TIE Fighter on the back. Yeah, I would go with the classic. Damn. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, and also my other thing this week, uh, Geek This Week, we finished the show Away, which, mm-hmm. again, it's sci-fi, but it's more melodrama and whatnot, kind of soap opera-y. But Shanley and I liked it quite a bit, and it was funny because I was when we finished, I read, and like, it was a number one Amazon or not Amazon one number net, number one Netflix show for a couple of weeks and it was really up there and people were into it. I'm like, well, it was that highly rated? We're certainly going to get a second season, but no, they just came out and announced like a day or two ago that it was canceled. It's not going to get a second season, so it's done. Well, you've watched the whole series. That's great. <laughs> right, I mean, we're now. done. 
That's our geek. That's my geek this week. Those two things. Oh, that's funny. So mine this week, um, a couple, I only put one on here, but the first one is I started watching Utopia on Amazon prime. Oh man, dude. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's right under the boys for me right now. Cause it goes dark. It gets crazy. And, um, I know it's based off a graphic novel. Uh, I, I don't, I've never read it and didn't know, didn't know anything about it. Um, John Cusack is in this. He's really good in it. Like super good. Um, it's just bizarre and it's whacked and it's just, you know, I have no idea where it's going. It's, it's one of the few things I've watched where I have no idea where, where it's going to go. And you're saying that you're liking it as much as the boys. Is yeah, that- I do. I, Wow. Well, yeah, it, it was, you know, like the first time I watched the boys, it was like, whoa, you know, and right. I, it, it's, I'm not going to say it's as good because I, I get it. You know, I really like the boys, but it's definitely, I really, really enjoy it. Um, So it's just, it's one of those, I didn't know, you know, they're, they're pushing some things um, like the boys does. And it gets, I mean, it's graphic. It is graphic. A lot of violence, Um, little 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 blood, little weird. Um, Interesting. It's yeah. It's it's like a hyper reality. It's it's our time now, almost present, and um, it's you know there's a virus and that kind of thing. But uh, I don't think it was clearly written before this stuff that's happening now because right. it's it's a uh, just weirdly timed. But uh, I think it's definitely worth the watch for sure. I'm gonna have to check it out. Yeah, it's pretty good. Plus, you know what? I got it. I can't, you know, Amazon Prime's getting better and I'm really surprised. Well, like, you know, the uh what's that? Their um oh, the Expanse comes back in December and I know I I've been told by some of our listeners I need to watch see I need to watch season 3 and I haven't yet. So maybe uh over the holidays like Thanksgiving I might jump in and try and catch up on the Expanse that way I'm ready for it. December. Right. But you're right. Amazon has been putting out some pretty quality content. And I, I mean, I pay for prime. I'm sure you do too. I do. Um, I do it because of the stuff we order. I mean, it's just, I mean, they really got me into their mainlining their uh, services. I suppose oh, <laughs> you know, we, right. we pay the money. So. Yep. All right. And my other geek is I picked up uh, the, the next Dr. Afro, which I haven't read all four of them yet. So I need to get, back onto that you know it's funny you mentioned that i i know you talked about it last week and how i you know i buy the trades didn't realize it but as soon as they announced the second volume of dr ephra i immediately went on and pre-ordered the trade so you got the four issues and i will have them probably december (laughs) well no you're this is i mean the new one then the new series that's out right now yeah they already have it ready for trade wow yeah well so marvel's marvel's policy trades i don't know if DC follows it, but Marvel is quick. So if issue one comes out in January and issue four comes out in April, by May they've released a trade. Oh, okay. Depending on whether they collect four or six issues. So whatever whatever issue they're they're on and they decide to collect, the next month the trade comes out. They immediately collect the trades now. Oh, okay. Well, That's not always that. exactly a month, but it's pretty close. Cool. All right, let's keep it going because we're 30 minutes in and we've got our main topics to talk about. Last, uh, I don't know if we announced it last week, but um, this week we're going to talk about our top three horror sci-fi films. That's right. Well, it is October. It is. It is. So we got to scary stuff. Did you find this... Um, Harder because it was sci-fi or, you know, not a big deal for you? I think I've got at least 10 potential films. I thought it was going to be hard, but I came up with, boom, 10 like that. So the hard thing, yeah. And they're all considered sci-fi. Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. They're all sci-fi. Whether or not they are horror films is up to debate. So I, I narrowed it down to the three that are definitely sci-fi and horror. And it's funny, I came up with my three, and then mm-hmm. I kind of kind of searched the internet to see what other people came up with, and apparently I am not original in my three, so I apologize. Well, that's, that's all right. What, what does original mean? 
Well, I, apparently uh, what I selected, a lot of people, other people have already noticed in other like blogs and podcasts and stuff. So oh. I just wanted to say that well, I, I don't, I don't first. Know. I went and picked mine and then I was like, well, what do other people said? So mine may not be surprising. I know sometimes I like to pick something out of left field, but. Um, right. Well, for well, me, just, I don't, one of them I wasn't sure was sci-fi and I, it, it says it, well, it was listed in there, but. Well, let's just jump right maybe, in. Maybe we can talk about it. All right. What's your number three? My number three, which I told you before the podcast, I had two to pick mm-hmm. from. So now here it is. Right. Which one did I pick? Here it is. Number three is The Fly. Do it. Jeff Ball, Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Okay. So now you screwed me up. <laughs> I have. Uh, if we had, huh? That's my number one. For real, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it twice. That's my number well, one. We'll save it then. I, I will save it for when we get to number one for you. Then here's what I'll talk about. Uh, the one I almost picked for number three. How about that? Okay. You know, we're doing a top three. It was between that and the mist. Okay, I didn't have. I don't have that on mine. Have you ever seen the mist? I have. A long time ago, though. Well, that which that's one? That, that's, a, that's like that's the early eighties one, one thing, right? No. Yeah, they've redone it since then. Okay, um, then I haven't seen that. Thomas Jane stars in it as well as uh, oh, I can't remember her name, but she was on The Walking Dead. But Thomas Jane is in it. Okay, and I think you should watch it. However, it's got a really dark ending, like super dark. Is it different than the eighties ending? I never saw the eighties ending. So full confession, I was a huge wuss as a kid. So a lot of these movies that I'm going to note, I didn't watch until I was an adult because I didn't like scary movies. <laughs> so that's why I've never seen the 80s version. I've only seen the one in the 2000s. But gotcha. I, it was between that and The Fly, and I decided The Fly, yeah, that's a classic. That's definitely sci-fi horror. But we'll talk about that when we get to you in your number one. So what's your number three? So my number three, believe it or not, was made in 1933 and it's wow. the invisible man oh hg wells the invisible hmm? that is it is sci-fi for sure it's a scientist, 100% but, sci-fi 100% yeah yeah um but it, you know it stars claude rains if you guys know who that is yes <laughs> tell tell our viewers our listeners who that is no, go ahead go ahead it's sheriff lobo yeah yeah um that boy, we just, I just made myself old. But I want to see how old you were. Um, well, I remember, the book was on BJ and the Bear, right? Yeah. And the, the the book was written in 1897. I mean, that's how, I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And this stuff still holds up today. And it's just one of those, you know, it, it's A, for movies, it was really cool. It was a great effect. Like, there was a 1933 movie, and they had Invisible Man effects, right? And they had this cool thing. And um, I remember watching it, like, on... Uh, they used to have the four o'clock movies when I was growing up. So when you get home on ABC in, in Detroit area, they had the four o'clock movie and they would have Monster Week and they would have Oh yeah, I remember uh, those. Abbott we Costello Week and yeah. Yeah. So and I remember watching this um on the four o'clock movie on it was during Halloween. So they had like the Invisible Man, then they would have the Werewolf Man and then Dracula. But like Wolfman is my ultimate favorite, the original one. Um, but that's not a sci fi movie. That's strictly horror, I think, because there's no right. science involved. So, um, but I love these old ones. These Universals were just great, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon and um, Frankenstein. So, anyways, yeah. So I, I just thought it was interesting that you picked the '30s version because really- I, I've seen them all. I've seen the Kevin Bacon one, and there's another one that was just out not too long ago. Um, well, the Kevin Bacon called- one's called The Hollow Man. Oh, that's right. But yeah, same same exact idea. But yeah, Bloomhouse uh, did a version last year called The Invisible Man. Right. Is, is it based no, off the book too? You know, I I can't say. I'm I did not okay. prepare for that, so I don't know. I but yeah, think- I try to think of things. You know, like, um, you know, films come a long way, and these are kind of those set the, some standards back then. And I think everybody should go back and revisit some of those things. Yes, they're a little campy; they don't fit now, but they're you know, they're still cool. I agree. I, I want to go back and watch that now. So yeah, that's my number three. Your number two. My number two is John Carpenter's The Thing. That is my number two. 
Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yes. Well, awesome. You can talk so, about it. Well, it's funny. Two of the three, we've, we have the same, and I, I didn't think we would do that. Well. That's funny. What's interesting in this, too, is that there's also a 50s version. Another I know. Another old school version, but I, I've seen the older version, and it's it's just it's a guy. It's totally different. Yeah. It's just a guy walking around like, oh, what is, what is wrong with him? But yeah. yeah. 80s version? I mean, come on. So I almost went with Reanimator. Remember that? I've never actually seen that movie. Oh, that's a great horror movie. Is that a Cronenberg it's, it's film? Up, it's right up. Um, I think it is, um, but I could be wrong, which I am mostly wrong on on that side of the thing. Um, but I really liked the thing. I mean, A, I like, you know, um, I really like uh, Kurt Russell. Yes. Because he was a, you know, his big deal, like watching the, uh, Stuart Gordon was the director of Reanimator. I don't know who that is. Um, anyways, coming off of, uh, you know, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, which is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, really? I did not know that about you. Oh, it's a great movie. God, it's, one of my, it's, it's up there. It's a top 10 for me. Uh, but, th- but this John Carpenter film, like John Carpenter definitely has a, a, a style. Um, yes. And he, he also did Big Trouble in Little China, by the way. And oh, I he know. did and Halloween, he did Escape, from New York. And Escape from New York, and, you know, They Live, which is, I almost put that in here too, but that's not really oh a horror movie. Yeah, well, it's it could be argued, movie. but yes. But, all right, so what, what about the thing brought you to this at number two? So, as I noted, as a child, I could not handle scary films. And this was one of the films that scared the shit out of me. And I didn't even watch it. Like, I saw part of a scene, I think in 1984 or something. I was in fourth grade. And it scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> I, because of that, I didn't watch the film probably until sometime after the year 2000 because I was scarred. And then once, <laughs> obviously, I mean, by the 2000s, I think, what, I was uh, 30. Right, I was wow. thirty in in two thousand three. So here I, you know, I, it was either my late twenties, early thirties when I finally watched the film, and it still freaks me out. It's it's, but it's well done. And what I like about it is it doesn't need a lot of amazing special effects. I mean, the fact no, that it's all feeling right. It's like a play. It's really like a play. Yeah, in many ways, but the fact that you know the thing is basically an imposter and can, can become anyone. I mean, yep. I mean, yeah, there's some special effects and there's some messed up scenes when the, the head sprouts legs and it's crawling around. Like yeah. A spider. It's gross and it's messed up. So yeah, there's that. It's a horror movie. No question. And, but it's, it's just so, so well done. Here's what's funny. I'm, I'm reading the Wikipedia and it says the thing was released in 1982 to very negative reviews. It was described as instant junk, a wretched excess. <laughs> really, instant junk reminds me of Spinal Tap. Uh, you ever what? You ever see Spinal Tap? Oh yeah, love that. We're talking about your album, Shark Sandwich. The review had two words: shit sandwich. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because obviously the thing since then, since 1982, has you know huge following. Well, yeah, it's become a cult classic, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got it. So, yeah, I it was definitely after 2000. Probably, I was definitely in my 30s. And I remember getting it for Christmas from a brother, I think. And we sat at my mom's house. And I think we all spent the night and watched the thing till late at night. And it was great. So... Scared the shit out of me as a child, and but I, I've gotten better and fully appreciate just how how well it's done. Especially the fact, I mean, the way the film ends, some people argue, ambiguously. Yeah. Who lived? Who died? Right? Right. We don't know, right? That's the point. That's what and makes it scarier. That, well, not only that. Who? Okay. Spoiler alert. Uh, maybe I won't say, but. The question is, did the creature, the thing, did it get away? And there's only two people left at the end of the film. Right. And is one of them it? 
I and assumed. Then, right, but there's no definitive. I mean, you can argue no. it either way, and that's what I like about it. There's no, and then obviously you see, you know, you see what happens, happens, and it's right. It ends on such a question mark. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's really good. All right, let's move on to our number. My number one, your number three. The Fly, which is another remake. <laughs> see, see, there's some themes that were people were fucking dark way in the day, you know. Yeah. It's just uh, everything that I've chosen were all classics, basically. And The Fly was definitely a remake, and arguably that was a good. Um, I don't know if it was a full movie or if it was a TV show. I can't remember the first one. Um, first one was a know. movie. Was it a full movie? Yeah. Um, but uh. This movie, I saw at the movie theater, I think, four times. Really? Well, I was working there at the time. Oh, okay. Well, that helps. <laughs> so, um, I got to see everything. This was right at the time when, like, Hellraiser, well, I don't know when Hellraiser was not too far from this time period oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, that's not sci fi either, though. That's well, just horror. Is it? Yeah, it's just horror. But they're interdimensional think, travelers. Yeah, but that's not. Uh, I we can argue that. I guess like, we can argue it. But, I think it's more horror um, than anything, yes. But what makes this so different is David Cronenberg is the epitome of creep in terms of yeah. how you feel when you watch his films, right? And he really brought the creep in this movie. And he also like you know, Goldblum was amazing. I mean, obviously it, it jump started his career. Um and I don't know, it's just it's so good. It's so good. I wonder how many people's uh, uh, passwords are Brundle Seth right now. <laughs> well, <laughs> that or Brundle Fly, right? Right. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. But yes, I have to agree with you. Cronenberg uh, is one of the, one of, if not the master of body horror films. And that's exactly what this is. I mean, right. as you watch him slowly turning into a fly and when he, you know, vomits on that donut. Um, uh, oh my god! <laughs> or when he's he's collecting the body parts that have fallen off him and put them into jars and put them in his his bathroom. <laughs> oh, right. No, that's an excellent excellent choice. I mean, that's why I picked it number three. You picked it number one. Like I said, I I, I wouldn't. I'm biased as to what my number one is, and that's why I had to pick it as number one. But uh, there's no 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 question that. The Fly is a great sci-fi horror film. It's, I mean, this is a tragedy too. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, it's almost um, Shakespearean in tragedy. Oh yeah. I mean, he, uh, I mean, he succumbs to his science. He, he gives into that, and then, I mean, when he puts the gun to his own head, when he, when he grabs the claw and does it, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, you feel horrible at the end. It's just terrible. Right. Um, I mean, it's, 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 uh, Gina Davis is in that. That's one of her bigger, that kind of got her known a little bit. Um, you know, it was, it's, it's just, uh, it's a movie that stuck with me like weeks after I've seen it. Do you know what I mean? That's how, that, that's why it was, to me, it's, it's number one. I mean, taking the idea of transforming into the fly rather than being transformed after the, you know, the splice like they did in the original where you just had like the, um, you know, the, the guy's head on the fly body and the fly head on the guy's body, you know, a right. lot different. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Yeah. And, and just by S and G's here, I, you know, Wikipedia is great for me. I'm not this smart. Um, I see music was done by Howard Shore who did Lord of the Rings. No kidding. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's interesting to me. No. So. Fly is a fantastic movie. Good good choice there, Joe. Um, Very good. I would love to hear uh, or see or are some of our listeners' favorite uh, sci-fi film, sci-fi horror films, if we can have those, uh, have you guys throw it into any of our social media outlets. That'd be kind of cool. And maybe other people can pick them up before uh, Halloween hits. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So my number one is probably no surprise to you whatsoever. It's alien. You want me to say it? I just said it. It's alien. Oh, I didn't hear that. 
It's alien. Is that sci-fi? Yeah, I guess it's it's sci-fi, right? You yeah. You're in space. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. It's 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 sci-fi for sure. It's yeah, the monster um, in space. It's it's yeah. uh, creatures from the black lagoon. Black yeah, creature from the black lagoon in space. Yeah, I I kind of stayed away from that one. I don't know why I did because I figured everybody would go there. Um, but you said that at the beginning of all this. It, it's hard to argue that at all. You but, know. Well, here's why I pick it. Number one, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. But also, right. Um, again, going back to when I was a kid, um, I think I caught the tail end of this movie on HBO when I was like seven years old. And all I know is it scared the hell out of me, but yet I was also enthralled. Right. So when I was older, I went back and watched it and it's just, I watch it to this day. And when Dallas is going through the ventilation tubes, looking for him and I know it's coming every time he's going to turn yep. around. And it's right there. And I still jump every single time. Yeah. I mean, the beauty of that movie is, you know, the lighting and all that, but the H.R. Giger oh, yeah. creature, nobody's ever seen anything like that. It's fucked up, man. It's scary. Like his paintings are scary. Yes. I mean, that dude's I've, just weird. <laughs> I've got some of his art books and yes, he... His imagination is something. No question. Yeah, there's a documentary that I watched on him not too long ago, and he's creepy. Um, cool shit, though. I mean, no doubt oh, about 100%. it. 100%. So, yeah. Um, so those are our top three. I mean, I I, I I had a whole bunch of others I thought, like Predator, but it's really not that scary enough. It's more of an action movie. So I said no. Yeah. Uh, the, only, the other one I had, the only one I had um, slated, and I wasn't sure if it was actually horror, but was 2001. Oh, yeah, is that? Oh, you know what? I want to say that it's straight sci-fi, but really it's about a computer going mad. It's about AI, right, taking over, right. which, so. you know, is the biggest fear right now. That's why, but I wasn't sure if it, it's not really scary. It's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> you right, know? right. So that's another. But science can be scary in general. Right, right, right. Those kind of things. There are a couple other movies I considered, like Cube, if you've ever seen that. Um, uh, it's about like four or five people, or maybe it was six people. They all wake up in a cube and realize they're trapped, and there's a puzzle oh, wow. in each room, and then it kills people if you get the puzzle wrong, and then you find out the reason why the people were put in there. They're all kind of connected some way, and the cubes keep moving, so you know you got to pay attention. It's... It's interesting. It's definitely sci-fi. It's super low budget, but they've done three three versions or three three movies now with two sequels. Wow! Them. And then the last, I, I want I almost wanted to mention Event Horizon because it is classic mm. horror sci-fi, but it's just not a favorite movie of mine. So, right, I left it out. Cool. Again, anybody out there wants to share their uh, favorite sci-fi horror film? Do it through our uh, social medias. All right, we've got the next hundred pages of Dune. Have you caught up? You caught up? You good? I got caught up last night. Okay, I'm ahead me of too. The game. I might be a little more ahead. I'm 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 floating between where the book is and where the audio is. I'm, I'm doing both, and it's really helping me um, stay with this. And a lot's happened in section three, man. Unless I went too far, so <laughs> no, it all ends. I mean. Section three ends. I mean, I think the next section we start book two, which is called Muad'Dib. Right. So, so know, instead of me, like I, I led last time, I want you to lead a little bit this time on on the things that happened, and because um, I don't want to give too much. So, no problem. So, well, first thing I want to say was here we are, three hundred and twenty four pages into the book, mm-hmm. and it's just really kind of getting started. Yeah, which is interesting. This well, so as everyone knows, it listens. I've been reading those Murderbot novellas, which they're novellas, so yeah, they're about two hundred pages, so they're shorter. But I think I have the well, what is it? Network effect the the fifth book, which is an actual novel. Novel, 
Mm-hmm. It's 350 pages. That's the entire novel. Here we have Dune. We're 324 pages in, and it feels like we just finished Act 1. Like, we're just starting. So, I, and it's not a criticism, but he's right. taken the time. Herbert has taken the time to lay down the tracks to where the story is going. He's really kind of filled in the characters and the setting. And I appreciate that it's taken this long and I'm okay with that. Cause I think I like where it's going. And this third section, like I, like we said last week, the first 200 pages or so all set up. Then what we have the dinner party. And even though it's a dinner party, there's a lot of tension so even though it's not like a oh, I'd say who this person's lying, that person's lying, right? Exactly. So it's even though it's not you know battles like gunshots, there's zingers and stuff, and feints and attacks and retreats, all within the conversation of this dinner party, where we see all these different characters, right? So right. it really gives you a sense of the different factions at play here, and I like that because it read quickly. I mean, before you know it, the dinner party's over, right? Right. So. It's so Game of Thrones, man. <laughs> see, I, I obviously can't speak to that because I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. But I, I can respect that and I can see where you're coming from when you say that because I know there are so many characters in Game of Thrones. And we've met so many characters here. I mean, I could probably list, you know, a dozen, two dozen characters we've met. But the focus is still on, you know, Duke Leto, uh, Paul. Yep. Um, you know, his consorts, uh, Jessica. Right. And we finally see the, the Harkonnens again. They show up right at the end of this last section. Of this, this is it Harkonnens or is it Harkonnen? I say Harkonnens. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Well, okay. The only reason I say Harkonnen is because that's how they said it in the movie in the 80s. So I could be wrong. Oh, I, no, that's, that's how they said it. I'm sure it's right. I'm sure they checked with somebody. Not necessarily. <laughs> Never know. So... Um, yeah, basically everything happens. I mean, I, I think we mentioned last week, there seemed to be a lot of, uh, foreshadowing in the second right. section. Um, right. Duke Leto keeps kind of talking about his mortality. Yep. Which, so it's laying on pretty thick because now here we have him in the third section and he did. He gone. You know? And it was a big deal for me. This is again, it's like, oh shit, he's Ned Stark. <laughs> um, because it's it's one of those you know what I mean. So you don't know Game of Thrones, but that was um, the big thing of end of season one. No spoilers for you if you haven't seen it, but Ned Stark dies. Um, but uh, it was he was my one of my favorite characters, as I said last podcast. Um, so it was kind of I was bummed, but the you know Yui is that how you say his name Yui. UA, the doctor, yep, yep. Um, who, who gave him, who, like, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, there's foreshadowing and stuff like that. Um, you know, the doctor gave him the tooth thing and, and all that. And, um, like, he knew it was going to happen in a way. Hmm? Oh, just the doctor, just when you said the tooth, I just said the tooth, the tooth. Yeah. And uh, so, I don't know. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is that um, he, the doctor kind of knew he was screwed either way. He was going to get killed by the Baron. So he gave, he did set up a way for the, for Paul and Jessica to escape and all that kind of stuff too. Like and gave him the ring um, so that he would have the Duke's ring. Cause that was a big deal. They were all pissed off. Where's the Duke's ring. Right. Right. Um, and he lied his way out of that. But uh Anyways, um, I really liked this hundred pages and there's a lot going on. Like it, it, you know, now Paul's becoming the chosen one, I guess you'd say. Right. Yeah. That, that's one thing. And I get that that was the gist. This is a Messiah story of some sort, right. Or the one or however you want to put it. I did find it odd at the end of this section here. He just suddenly felt that he knew all these things and kind of felt this greater purpose. And I, I don't know. It was 
it was a little bit of a leap for me for him to, you know, cause he's, I get, he's a teenager and I know she's Jessica has been training him for a while. And so he's been, you know, kind of trained as a mentat, but not exactly, but also trained as a Benny Jezzeret, but not exactly. And he's been trained in all kinds of fighting styles, but I don't know. I, I get that he's a different character or not a different character, but he's, he's different. Different. He's right. One, right. So he's going to be, you know, spectacular in some way, shape, or form. Right. But I don't know. Well, I think maybe trauma sometimes sets things up, right? Maybe that's it. Maybe it was, and maybe I read, maybe I wasn't reading enough into it. Maybe it was more, he was clear of thought, not because of some great revelation, but maybe it was more, he was in shock, you know? Yeah. He didn't know how to handle, um, he didn't quite understand why he wasn't mourning his father's death, right? So maybe this shock, the shock to the system, this thing kicked in whatever force-like abilities, I guess you could say. <laughs> you can see where maybe Luke has got some ideas if he read Dune. I'm not sure he did or not. Um, but clearly there's there's something like that with with these two, the Mentat, or I haven't really been Benny Jesuit and Mentat and... Uh, I can't remember what he's supposed to be the, oh man, what the, the word is for, you know, the highest, like what his chosen one's name is or whatever, yeah, but he seems, Kirwad sorry, Kizarin or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm bad with all that. Um, the point is he's now awoken, you know, the force awakens, so to speak in him. And, uh, even even Jessica is surprised too. Like if, you know, she's surprised. Like holy, this is not the same person he was ten minutes ago. So it's not. So the reader, you you you're, you become. Uh, she becomes the eyes for you, or the reaction for you, right? So, um, that explains a little bit of like she can't even believe it. So if she can't believe it, then it's okay for us to believe. You know what I mean? Like we can both we we cannot believe it either because there's a character in the story that does not believe it, but. Um, I buy that. It, it makes sense. Yeah, and it's certainly kickstarting the story, right? Like, um, what I don't like is when you read the, um, and I guess it's not, I give it. Yeah, it does give it away. Like, if you read when you read the stanzas, but before the um, chapters, or you call it. I mean, the, the the one before the Duke dies is is the death of the Duke. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> now I have to read it. Um, they kind of tell you ahead of time, you know? Right. So I was like, ah, but that's how he wants us to feel. Otherwise he wouldn't have done it. So it's not about, it's not about surprising us. It's like, he's telling you like, oh shit, it's going to happen now. Um, well, right. He's, he's kind of spoiling himself, but also at the same time, he's also kind of telling us that, listen, I've been hinting very heavily since yeah. the beginning that the Duke was doomed. This should not be a surprise. He's not the focus. He's doomed. He's always been doomed. Right? Right. Which I can buy that. And I do like how you mentioned the, you know, the Star Wars aspect because, yes, there's that, that scene where both Jessica and Paul use what they call the voice. And when they use the voice. The voice, they, right. They can make people do what they want, which was, yeah. that's exactly what Ben Kenobi does or Obi-Wan does. Right. In Star Wars, these are not the droids you were looking for. So, right. if if Lucas didn't steal that, then that's an amazing coincidence. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, so you know where the story goes. I don't, but clearly, look. I mean, with all the foreshadowing, obviously he's the chosen one. Obviously, Paul is the hero. Um, I mean, it's not going to be. I'm not going to be surprised when he he's a ruler, put it that way. But, right. um, and that, I'm guessing that's where it's going, but I, I'm not, you know, it's pretty easy to figure out. Um, and that's fine. What is interesting to me, I feel like they're setting up worlds, uh, they're setting up families and, and it's really a, like a cross between, you know, uh, it's a bit, bit of King Arthur, like Arthurian as well. Feels Arthurian. I can see that. You know, I mean, 
fantasy and, and sci-fi are so closely related. There's a many things because right. you know you're thinking about imaginary things, just usually technology based, but not always. So sci-fi is just fantasy with cooler shit. Right. All right. Um, well, well, I mean, I'm trying to figure like the, the the tropes in this this book so far. So you have Paul, who's the didn't want to be the hero, but is going to be the hero, right? He's Luke, so to speak. And I'm trying to see where the Duke fits because the Duke is the Duke is not Merlin or Obi Wan because that's really Jessica in a way, but it's yeah. also the same. It's also the same though. He is a mentor, um, and now he has lost his mentor, um, which happens to most you know uh, heroes. They lose their their mentor, and and now they have to decide on their own to become the person they're supposed to become. And it's usually at like Paul's age, you know, in these stories, he's younger. Um, so anyways, I, 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 you know, it's, it's some classic storytelling in here and you've got a lot of, a lot of characters and it was kind of cool to see that Peter die as well during that whole incident. Cause he was kind of a pitter, pitter, I don't know how you say his name. Peter, Peter, um, whatever. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. But yeah, Peter. Um, but it was supposed to be meant for the, the um, Baron who got out of it and, you know, but now they're on the run. So, uh, I mean, Jessica and Paul, so to speak, are lost and they can't find them. Um, well, that's cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm digging the book. I'm, I'm digging the story. It's, it's nothing I thought it was going to be. Like I said, and I'll probably say that every hundred pages, but, um, <laughs> well, but it was pretty good. I will say this too. You know, I am a little bit spoiled in that. Yes, I saw the movie in the 80s. So I kind of know the beats and where things are going. That said, um, the book has taken a couple turns that the movie took that were obviously uh, artistic liberties. So some things happened that surprised me because that's not how it went in happened in the movie. So that portion of it I'm liking. And like I was expecting because of the movie a huge battle like that the Harkonnens were going to come in and yeah, they, they, you know, they did what they did, but there was also going to be more, I mean, they reference, you know, artillery going off in the distance and right. calls on the radio, their different radio, you know, chatter about different attacks and defenses and all that. So it's alluded to that there's a big battle going on, but in the movie there was a big battle going on. So it was interesting not to see that happen, that it just stayed focused on our characters so that was surprising to me. And there are other couple uh, twists that were different in the book that were not in the movie. So I I enjoy that aspect because then I was legitimately surprised. Yeah. So um, did you tell me who your favorite character was last time? I didn't. I don't know that I had one, but I think I know who it is now. Which... I will tell you. I don't know why I'm being so dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I'm uh, Doctor, I think right now my favorite character is Dr. Is it Kynes? Yeah. Yeah. Right now he's my favorite. I don't know if he'll stay that way, but right now I really like him. I just like how... I don't want to say noble he is, but I don't know. He, he, he kind of carries himself above the fray but yet knows the real shit that's going on. So I like him. I don't know why exactly yet, but I, I do right now. I think he's my favorite character. You? Yeah. Well, it was the Duke, but he's gone. <laughs> um, Duncan, <laughs> Idaho is, Duncan Idaho is interesting. They haven't really got into him yet, but I'm guessing he's going to get more interesting as, it, as things come along. But um Anyways, um, it, it could change over time. Obviously, in this as this book changes, um, yeah, it's good. I'm I'm excited. I I am keep moving on this. Uh, we've got a lot more to read, a lot more to happen. It's just getting going, and um, yeah, hopefully, uh, people that are following along and and can add to the conversation in, in our social media to see what I missed again. Did I miss something that? Uh, did we miss something that we should talk about that we can? keep talking about through social media and or next podcast. Yeah. I agree with you right there because we're reading this in chunks of approximately hundred pages. I think our next section is 85 pages and I'm enjoying it, 
but I'm just enjoying it for the story that it is right now. I know there's a deeper read to it, and I'm catching some of it, but I know there are people out there that have read it that it might be their favorite sci-fi book, and they've read it several times. So, you know, excuse us, um, you know, mere plebeians or whatever we are, <laughs> but if there's a deeper read that we're missing, please throw it out there, because I, I, I'm sure there's things we, we've missed, some allusions or foreshadowings or references that we may not have entirely caught um, that would enhance the understanding and enjoyment of this book. So if there's something you know, please feel free to spot it and, and note it. Cool. All right. I think that'll do it for this week's episode of the KyberCast. Um, if it's your first time listening, thank you. Uh, if you've come back, thank you even more. Uh, best thing you can do to, to really help promote the show is just tell your friends about us, um, have them listen to us. Um, you know, that would be the nicest thing you can do is just share the podcast and let your friends know about it. Um, if you want to reach out on social media, Michael's got you covered there. Michael? As always, you can find us on Facebook. We have a group and a page. That's where we're doing the most of our discussion, really on our, I think, on our page. We're doing a lot of discussion when it comes to the book club, but also on Instagram. So look for us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just look for KyberCast. Awesome. Anything else to add before we shut it down, Michael? Uh, yeah, I will say this. Uh, next week, preview of next week is we're going to be talking about what we're looking forward to for The Mandalorian, because that mm-hmm. comes out after our episode. But also, uh, by then, uh, Joe should have watched the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery Season 3, and we'll touch base on that. Yeah, lots to, lots to do in the next couple of weeks. Um, all right. That'll do it for this week in this episode. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.